Welcome, everyone, to the How to Get the Most Out of College podcast. There's a lot of talk about where to go to college, but not nearly enough about how to go to college. And it's the everyday decisions that drive your success. I'm your host, Elliot Felix. I've been a consultant to more than 100 colleges and universities, helping them improve their student experience. And I'm the author of How to Get the Most Out of College, where I take what I've learned about how college works and make it work for you. The role that parents play in students' lives and the role that mentors play in a student's experience are so important. And I'm really excited to dig into both these topics, which are, of course, related. Parents are one of many mentors that we hope students have as they find their purpose and chart their path in college. Today, we're going to dig into both with Dr. Cedric Howard, the Vice President of Student Affairs and Enrollment Services at University of Northern Colorado. Welcome, Cedric. Thank you, Elliot. It's my honor and pleasure to uh, join the podcast today. I have to say our conversations are always amazing and you gave me great feedback on the book and great insights and great research to reference. I always learn so much and I know our listeners will from you so that they can get better acquainted so we can all meet you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in higher ed. Oh, wow. So as an undergraduate first-gen student in college, I was very active and involved as a student leader. Student government, Greeks, been RA, also served as an event coordinator within our intramurals. And since we're talking about mentoring, my vice president at Georgia College and State University, his name was Paul Hoffman. And I recall that during my junior year, we had just had a pretty significant incident on campus and I took a leadership role. And he called me to his office and I literally thought, Elliot, that I was going to be dismissed from school. <laughs> and, and he said, no, I just want to commend you because all of your classmates really rave how you responded to this particular incident and how you calmed the waters uh, on our campus and really put your fellow students first. And I said, thank you, Dr. Hoffman. I actually was preparing to pack my clothes and go home. And of course, you know, when you're a first generation college student, you necessarily understand the ethos and the way that things, systems are in a particular higher education setting. Long story short, he says, I actually want to talk to you about what you're going to do after your next year, after your senior year. And I want to introduce you to a profession known as student affairs. And I actually thought student affairs was just a division of a college. And I didn't actually know that you could actually go to college and get a degree in higher education administration to actually work in student affairs. And so he went through the process and actually gave me some advice and used his resources and connected me to his network to get me my graduate assistantship and first job in graduate school at University of Tennessee. So that's how I got into student affairs. That's how I found out about the profession. And now 28 years later, I'm very fortunate that it has been very fulfilling and rewarding for me as a person and as a professional. That's awesome. I'm smiling here because I had a, a similar story, although it was in, in grad school, where a student government experience segued into a career. I went to grad school at MIT and it was an amazing place, but it, the leadership was very much in transition. And it's, it's funny, sort of without knowing how to do it, we as the student leaders got together and we did a student survey, we did a town hall meeting, we actually did some benchmarking comparing our department to another department. And then we went to the new dean and we said, you know, this is a great place, but there's some problems to fix. And she was super receptive to that and we ended up increasing the pay for TAs and celebrating the, the thesis capstone projects and adjusting the course schedule so that we could 
cross enroll in other departments more easily. And it, in a funny way, that's what I do every day, you know, surveys and focus groups and strategy about schedule and space. And it was also one of the adjunct faculty there was a guy named Frank Duffy, mm-hmm. who had a consultancy, sort of a social science research and architecture had a baby. And what we would do is work with people to figure out how space could solve their problems. So the faculty connection and the student government led to a career. And, you know, Frank was a, was an amazing mentor to me. And, and I would love to hear a little bit from you about the role of mentors, why you think they're so important. Clearly it set you on your path. Yeah. And I think I am successful in my role in part because of the various mentors I've had throughout my entire journey. I think the role of mentors is critical to a individual's success. And I can relate to a couple of things. And I think that's prudent and important for, for anyone listening to the podcast, when you're considering mentors, the role of mentorship, you know, think about that a mentor uh, is able to give you instant access to advice and guidance to help you navigate through the challenging situations and just put you on a course that is less painful of a journey than if you had to navigate that journey yourself. So, you know, I, I think that there's access to information, feedback. Remember also a mentor allows you to connect with their network. As I mentioned, you know, with Dr. Hoffman, I didn't have an understanding of this profession known as student affairs, but because of his network, I was able to leverage that into a graduate assistantship and my first job while I was actually getting my master's. So when you're thinking about the advantages of connecting with a mentor, make sure that it's a mutual agreement that, that they're offering you their network. And so if you're looking at, if you're a college student or you're advising college students and you want to say, how do I get an internship, a work experience, a mentor is able to connect you with his or her network to place you into arenas and areas that you had not considered before. But conversely, you have to live up to those expectations because you're representing not just yourself, you're also representing them as a part of connecting with their network. And then I think the thing for me was I had a mentor that changed my mental model because for me, the accomplishment in life as a first-gen student was to get into college and not to actually use college as a springboard to be a global citizen and to have it as a profession. And my mentor honestly changed the trajectory of not just my life, but the life of my family. And it allowed me to serve in my capacity as a college administrator, understanding that we have a place of privilege and we have a place of opportunity to make a difference in the lives of our students each and every day. That's so great. And that the idea that out of the mentor-mentee relationship, you know, there is a career path, perhaps there is connections and there is advice and feedback on what to do and how to do it. So great. How can students find a mentor? I think it's a great question. So I, I, I think to find a mentor, first begin with those that are closest to you. If you have an academic advisor, if you have a college dean or student success coach, Ask them to serve in that capacity as your mentor, in part because you have already developed a relationship with them. There's a level of trust, and there's also an established line of communication that is extremely important for facilitating the relationship between the mentee and the mentor. So I say start with those that are closest to you. 
If you're living in a residence hall on a particular college campus, start with your resident hall director, someone that you see in the building each and every day and just simply say, hey, you know, would you mind mentoring me and helping me, allowing me to ask questions of you and develop that love of intimacy and trusting relationship that can help make a difference in a person's life. Because when you really think about success of every college student really depends upon three things, their sense of belonging, their sense of connection with the institution, and then a support structure around them that can speak and support them, especially during challenging times. We all go through challenging times in a collegiate higher education setting. That is by definition where we grow the most. A mentor is able to provide an ecosystem, a sense of connection to get you through those very, very challenging times and to restore you and to rejuvenate you when you need to be restored and recharged. And so, you know, I just think that starting with the first people that are closest to you, you know, having a conversation with your program chair, your academic major chair, your academic advisor, if you have a student success coach, also go to your career services office and say, hey, are there alums who are doing what I'm aspiring to do? You know, most institutions have some connections between student population and alumni relations and alumni councils. For me, an important piece of where I have found my mentors throughout my career, especially being a person of color, primarily serving at predominantly white institutions, was through my fraternity. Because we had a connection as fraternity, not just those that were undergraduate with me, but throughout my professional career. If I wanted to be a vice president, my two most significant mentors past Dr. Hoffman were George Johnson and Charles Brown. They both were vice presidents of student affairs. And so that's in part why I'm a vice president of student affairs. I look at that there's a set of mentors that I'm working with now to provide a pathway to the next level of my career. And so, you know, you keep those relationships, but also realize that when you're developing a mentor relationship, it is one that's built upon trust, is one built upon mutual relationship and mutual respect for each other. Look at mentorship as a process and not as an end product. It is a part of your growth. This is a part of what you use to connect with the institution, a part of what you use to connect and develop skills that are more than just theoretical, but practical, and one that can help you navigate the challenging decisions that you have to make as an individual, as a student, and in many ways as a profession. That's such great advice. And I especially like your formula for student success, the sense of belonging, sense of connection to the institution and support, uh, support structure. As students are going to the alumni office or career services or in their residence hall, and they're looking for a mentor, what's the sweet spot between finding someone like you versus someone that's different than you, you know, getting that balance right. You want to have that sense of connection, familiarity, but you're also looking for someone who can maybe open different doors or has had different experiences. How could students balance that? That's a great point. It gets to the three levels of, of mentorship. The first level of mentorship really deals with what is my most immediate need. And that is usually how I, I need to have someone to get me through the current situations that I'm dealing with and guidance and kind of give me some instant feedback to help me navigate whatever situation that I'm in. And I call that situational mentorship. You know, I'm drafting a cover letter. Can you look at this for me? I have a issue that I need advice on. Can you help me through it? And I think we can all benefit from that level in part because it is on time, point of service, point of time type of mentorship, extremely beneficial. But then I think there's the next level, which I call directional leadership. 
And usually it is someone who is just above where you're at. And so if you are a first-year student or a second-year student, you're looking up to the juniors and seniors to say, okay, what path should I take? What courses should I take? What are some of the things I need to know that is not written in the curriculum or not written in a syllabus that I need to understand and have connections to provide direction for you from your student experience? I also say as young professionals, if you're an intra-level professional, have a mentor who's a mid-level professional to help kind of navigate what you're doing. Because remember, when you're making decisions, it's not a ladder. You don't have incremental steps. It's a lattice. Sometimes you need to move to the left or to the right in order to move up. Sometimes you need to take a step back in order to regain your footing before you're able to move forward. And just having someone that can serve as that kind of directional uh, compass for you, I think is extremely important. And then the next level of mentorship is what I call aspirational mentorship. It is someone who, if you're beginning with the end in mind, someone that you may only talk to once or twice a year, but they're able to keep you on the course to where you would like to end up. You know, if you're a student, that is someone who is an alum, who is well-established within their profession, who can guide you on not just the course you need to take, but here's some interns you need to consider. And this is the pace and the cadence that you need to go through as an entry-level professional and some of the things you need to do in preparation for middle management and then ultimately to move into a senior position. And so just understanding that some mentors are going to be there all the time. You're going to have frequent interactions with them. Some are going to be less frequent, but they're going to be very intentional in setting your direction and course. And they're going to help you to kind of navigate some of the unspoken rules that you have to navigate throughout your journey as a student and as a professional. And then some are aspirational. They're going to set the end game for you. That's where you're aiming for. To use an analogy of setting course, that is your end destination. And you may have very little interaction with them as it relates to frequency. But when you do interact with them, 15, 30 minutes of time is very intentional and is very directed and is very informative to help you to make decisions as you're going through the journey so you don't have to course correct at the end of the journey. That's great advice. I love the idea that it's not a ladder, it's a lattice and you have to move back and forth and up and down to find your way. And there's different kinds of mentors that are helping you along that journey with different frequency at different depth and different sorts of advice. Finally, we were talking about balancing similarities and differences as you're looking for a mentor. I'd love to hear about the role that parents can play in mentoring their college student because I feel like that's also a balance, right? You're trying to become your own person. You're trying to inform your identity and your own autonomy and independence. At the same time, you can use advice and support from your parent or guardian or other family member. What role can parents play? So parental mentorship and guidance and the role that parents play is really core to establishing your values and establishing how you view your perspective how you view the college experience, how you've navigated thus far to even get into school and ultimately your success. I oftentimes say that the parental relationship should be your foundational relationship in part because the higher education experience is really meant to refine the values that you already have in place. Very few people actually come to university to find out who they are as relates from the values and intrinsic reward perspective. They come to university to develop those values and to refine 
and develop skills in order to go to graduate school or into the workplace. But you carry those values with you. And I think parents and the role they play are extremely important from that perspective. Recently, I was dealing with the situation with a parent. Both parents are professional and their child or student, we're going to just refer to as student A, this is the first time the student A was away from home. And they had raised student A to be very dependent upon them as parents. And so student A had missed a couple of classes. And now they were able to see student A midterm grades because we just finished midterm. And they were wondering, hey, what are you doing wrong? What, you know, what is the issue? What has the school not done to support you? Well, in reaching out to student A through our alert process and having conversations with student A, the reason that student A was not attending class was in part because student A did not have clothes. But no one taught the student how to wash clothes. And so because the student didn't have clean clothes, they weren't going to class. And so, you know, that becomes something that we had not thought about in the collegiate setting to say that this generation that are entering school for the last two, two and a half years have been dealing with COVID. So they've been self-contained in an environment where they haven't had to worry about necessarily life skills. And so one of the things we need to do as it relates to facilitating that relationship between the students and the parents is develop those life skills, develop those lines of communication, develop expectations, and be very explicit in, in talking about, well, this is the role that the university plays, but also this is the role that you could play as a parent to help them to transition successfully. Excellent student was an honor student, one of our presidential scholars, but, you know, had not been taught some of the life skills. Something we hadn't necessarily thought about, you know, prior to that particular situation. Conversely, I was meeting last night with a, a group of our first gen students, and their thing from our perspective is how do we communicate with our parents? We can handle this. How do we develop effective communication? Because our parents really want to go along with, with us and be a part of our journey. But we're trying to establish our own independence. And just teaching them skills of how to manage that relationship was a critical part of them adapting and developing new connections with our institution. And so just think about the role that your parents play from a student perspective and think about, you know, how can you see the gaps that you have as a part of your overall student experience and your overall journey to determine how you need to interact with your parents and making sure that they're giving you the agency to develop and to connect with the institution, but yet the information they need in order to be still connected with you and comfortable with you in an environment, especially when you're away from home, they don't have constant ability to have access to you. That's an important piece of transitioning from that role of being up under the house, the way that many of us have been for the last two years to now, my child is away. I want to make sure they're taken care of. I want to make sure, you know, that they have safety, they have room aboard, they have connections, they're going to class, but I can't, you know, I'm not there to tell them to do all those things. And so we need to make sure that as a part of the communication and onboarding process, not just orientation, but the onboarding process with our students, that we make sure that we give them the tools and skills to stay connected with their parents. That is great advice about, you know, staying connected, but also becoming more independent 
and learning the life skills while figuring out how to how to navigate and create your best experience. Really grateful for your insights and advice today, Cedric, and would love it if you maybe have one final word of advice for our, our listeners. First of all, thank you, Elliot, for the opportunity. As always, a joy for me to connect with you, my dear friend. I would just say, if you're a student, enjoy the process. This is the greatest time of your life where you're able to grow and develop and uh, step up the challenges. Oftentimes things are going to be difficult, but I oftentimes say this temporary discomfort leads to long-term success. So think about it from that perspective. If you're a parent or a support structure, believe in your child because they have already learned from you and they're trying to develop as young professionals and as young adults. And so just trust that you've instilled them and you're supporting them to make sure they're going to be successful. For others, for young professionals, I say just think about the role that you play. The role that we play within the higher education profession is a place of privilege. If we could just positively affect the role of one student a day, that should be our goal. That's amazing. Make sure the journey is a lot easier and that we're constantly positively affecting the lives of others. And just giving people the opportunity to have an empathetic, sympathetic ear is a a critical part of what we do and how we should facilitate our day-to-day operations. Well, Cedric, thank you so much. And if I recall correctly, you just won an award as well, right? Very fortunate to be named the 2022 Top 10 Most Inspirational People in Education. So very fortunate to uh, receive that recognition. And to me... It speaks to the roles that mentors have played in my life to inspire me in order to reach back and inspire others within the world of higher education and education in general. So thank you for acknowledging that aspect. Yeah, well, definitely an inspiration to me and now to our listeners. So Cedric, thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. Talk to you soon. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts and check out elliotfelix.com for all the episodes and the articles I've written, talks I've given, and more information about the book. 